Where will you spend your eternity? This is a question that does have an answer, even if you don't know what it is. I'm Pastor John. The ministry of Headed Home is designed to prepare you for that day we will all face, our last. Join us as we find and answer the tough questions and remember, you cannot truly live until you're truly ready to die. Well, again, a beautiful day today. I'm fighting the laryngitis, evidently. The laryngitis, y'all ever heard of that one? That's what Reese Witherspoon said on, uh, on Johnny Cash um, when she started getting the laryngitis. Actually, she was just scared to go up on stage, so she said that she was battling laryngitis. Or No, but I forget, but it was a memorable scene. Uh, anybody else remember that? Okay, a couple people in here. The rest of you maybe have not ever seen the movie, Johnny Cash, or uh, Walk the Line. That's it. Walk the Line is the movie name. But um, So bear with me tonight <clears throat> as um, it appears that my voice is going towards the, the way of the wind. Uh, tonight, God led a message to my heart, heart entitled Enduring Love. It's out of uh, Psalm 136. We're going to look at verse 1, verse 23, verse 24, and verse 26. I love Psalm 136. It seems rather redundant, rather repetitive. Uh, it goes through literally 26 of the characters and attributes of God and is basically a manifestation about his faithful love that endures forever. You know, the essence of love is in God. Apart from God, there is no love. There is no, there's nothing. Literally, there is a, an absence and an overwhelming, all-consuming void. There is nothing. If there is no God, there's no creation. Matter of fact, there is no matter if there's no God. So I'm thankful tonight that that, in my opinion, is a settled, it's not even a matter of if there's a God, because you literally have to have um, uh, more faith than I can even understand to believe that there's not a God. And what I pray tonight does is, though, is just to encourage you. We're going to look at, again, uh, just three different things about the attributes of God. And I pray that it helps you, encourages you, and challenges you to read the rest of these verses. Again, there's 26 all together in Psalm 136, all of them speaking to, again, attributes of God's character, attributes of his goodness and his faithfulness to us. And maybe today it will cultivate you and compel you to focus, meditate on the real love, not this manufactured garbage that our our nation and world, for that matter, calls love. It is so sad what they've done. You know, really an attack. Everything is an attack on the created beauty of God. You know, the enemy wants to attack the structure of marriage. Uh, the enemy wanted to attack the structure of family. The enemy wanted to attack the structure of the sexuality of God with boys and girls and the, the created differences that God has given us that, by the way, bring glory and honor to his name as... We praise his name for the creation and the created place that God has for us in that creation. But tonight, again, we're going to look at Psalm 136. I hope you found it. We'll look at verse 1, verse 23, verse 24, and then verse 26. And if you're physically able tonight, let's stand out of reverence for the reading of God's word. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Verse 23, he remembered us in our humiliation. His faithful love endures forever. Verse 24, and he rescued us from our foes. 
His faithful love endures forever. And then verse 26, give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures forever. Father, I thank you tonight again for the privilege we have to read your word. God, the privilege that we have to not only hear your word, but your word move in us, work in us. And tonight we give your Holy Spirit full and free reign to do whatever it is that you want to do through the scripture tonight. God, convict us, challenge us, encourage us, grow us. But most of all, Father, prepare us for that day that we will enter your presence, Lord, and the glory of all that you have in store for us is is beautifully unrolled as we begin our eternity worshiping in, in your presence around your throne. And to you, God, tonight be all glory unto you. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. may be seated. So we know that God's love's eternal. That's actually one of the the title of the psalm in my Bible. I don't know what yours says, but it just says God's love's eternal. Again, there is no love apart from God. Apart from God, there is, again, we talked about nothing. But you've got to think about love. Love is a gift from God. If you don't know God, you can't love. You know, you can think you love. You know, a young man or a young woman meets a, a young woman or a young man, and they, oh, I'm so in love. And we know what that is. That's a feeling that's zero based on what true love is. Uh, one of the greatest demonstrations of, of understanding the human love in the sense is demonstrated like this, T-I-M-E, time. Love is demonstrated in time. Time with someone, spending time with them. Look at the time that God put in, not only his creation, but also the consummation the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and reestablishing that bond through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But all these pictures of God's love over and over and over again in Scripture, uh, I saw was a really misguided um, Noah's Ark movie this morning. It wasn't one of those scandalous ones, but they just had a little bit, it was not really in line with, with God's Word. Very small things, but since I know the Scripture, these things immediately, you know, Noah's wife had commented in the movie about, Oh, when he came and told her that God wanted to build an ark. Oh, it hasn't, it hasn't stormed here in forever. It had never rained. It did not storm. Come on. Um, but, you know, things like that at the end, you know, Noah's in there with one of those uh, commercial kind of door chains rolling up the, <laughs> the ark door. Wait a second. God shut the door. God sealed them in there. So, you know, when you know the word, though, is what's really nice. You know what the scripture talk about, the Bereans? When you know what the word is, you know what jumps out really quick? Error. Error jumps out so fast. That's why it's imperative and why it's so heartbreaking to me when you have professed believers that have complete ignorance to the scripture because what I see them as is victims. Victims to whoever down the road wants to tell them whatever they want to think about scripture. And if they don't get in God's word, how are we going to know the difference? between truth and a lie. Is there any way? No. There's no way to know because you think God's going to allow us to understand error if we will not get in God's word and let him speak to us? You think God's going to let the error of, of truth, the railroading of truth, is God going to let us understand that when we won't even listen to God speak into our hearts? No, we're going to be deceived. And we're going to actually get the just reward for our lack of doing what God's word commands us and calls us to. But again, verse one uh, tonight, here we go. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. I think it'd be hard pressed to find someone in this building tonight that would not believe 
that God is good. He is good and he deserves our thanks for his goodness. And it is an out of God's love that we experience God's goodness. If God didn't love us, he would not lavish on us the goodness, would he? Would he give us the blessings? Would he bless us exponentially with all that God gives us? Would if God did not love us, would God have ever sent his son? Absolutely not. I'd say hands, hands down unequivocally. The first thing I want to share with you tonight is this. Just write it down. Our God is good. Our God is good. He is a faithful God. He's a merciful God. Another good thing you could do this week when you're spending time in God's word, meditate in your mind as many attributes of God's character that you can think of. Write them on a piece of paper. Write that note under the, your, your life application principle there. Leave some space under that. And then this, this week and, and the next week or two, as you're praying and you're meditating on the goodness of God, think about the things of God's character and God's faithfulness to you that you can list under this, our God is good. Think about all the things. How many times has God been your deliverer? How, long, how many times has God been your provider? How many times has God been your healer? And I'm just saying, go through all of these things. I hope you would at least have four or five or six. I would encourage you to have eight or 10. It's gonna take some thinking, but it's a great thing though to prompt your mind to be in a state of thanksgiving and manifest the goodness and the attributes of God that are directly, directly involved in our lives on a daily basis, many times with us never or very infrequently giving a thought to all these things that God is for us. But then uh, look down here at verse uh, 23 again. So he remembered us in our humiliation. His faithful love endures forever. But you know what that's talking about? We were, humil we were sinners. We were lost. We were broken. We were humiliated. We had no fellowship with God. Mankind had broken the beauty of God. We had pure humiliation, spiritually speaking. We were an object of God's wrath. God loves us so much. Then 23 there, he remembered us in our humiliation. What did God do? He sent Christ to die for us, establishing the new covenant in Jesus. Going from an object of wrath and humiliation and shame Two, an object of God's grace, his love, his mercy manifest in way, again, like never in time in history could anyone even thought to do something as amazing and awesome as God did in sending Christ. To, by the way, I'm in, anybody in uh, Leviticus right now? Uh -huh. If you want to see the beauty of this right here and understand this humiliation and all of the, I mean, just, I just sat there today as I was reading and stopped for a second and just thought about, I cannot imagine the magnitude, the amount of blood. I said to myself, this place would have looked like a horror movie couldn't even begin to think of. I could not imagine what it would have looked like. And to think about today, if we were still under that, what, I can't even imagine what our earth would look like. Yes, exactly. I can't even imagine. 
But think about that. God, recognizing that, lets us look back now to see how impossible living under that would have been, manifesting to us his faithful love endures forever. I'm going to show you, I'm going to let for these thousands of years during this period of the old covenant, I'm going to show you how impossible what you chose, what you chose. When Adam and Eve chose to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they chose for us the same way that we make decisions that affect our families profoundly, don't want to go to church, don't want to fellowship, don't want to be serious about the Lord, and then in sometimes late adulthood or early senior citizen time, you start going to church, the whole entire family's a train wreck, and all you have to do is look back with lament. I know I deal with many of you who've had to deal with that. It's heartbreaking, but at the same time, those young ones, let us, let us be demonstrations, those who were not, and, and faithfully serving the Lord in your younger years, or maybe you came around, I did when my children were very young. Still, those of you who are young don't have to go through that. How about some of you who are older in life testifying to those in your sphere of influence or younger so that they will recognize the dangers of complacency and apathy and indifference when you're young as you have to watch. What did God say to David? What you did in public. Your children are going to do in broad daylight, meaning you're going to have to watch the effects of your actions played out on your children and your grandchildren, basically. Really important for us to realize that. Some things we can't turn around and fix in the immediate, but we can help others by letting our shortcomings and the things that we didn't do and the things that we lament and that break our heart now encourage others who have young children don't make the same choices the same mistakes I did God's faithful love can redeem the mess that you have and you can pray and God can redeem and God can restore what the malls and rust destroy where, where thieves try to break in and steal God can redeem that as we do it but many times we have to watch for sometimes years as that unfolds and how God does it it's up to him May he be glorified. But use that as a testimony, though, to these younger families right now. It's really easy. I've watched in Longview parents who've come, waited till their children got older, and then all of a sudden, hobbies take over. No longer do I see them in the pews at Longview Baptist Church. Why? Because they're doing this and they're doing that now, and they're traveling here and they're going there to do this and that and all these other things. Everybody's all busy with these other things, and there's these few that happen to fall under that, let them be a demonstration to you, church, because remember this now. One day, when the parents say, come back around, the children watched it and young, right? They, they watched it growing up, and then they watched mom and dad show everything but church important, and then what, what happens one day to children? When the, when the parents get serious about it, right? Somebody gets sick, get that test result back, got permanent, you know, terminal this or that, and all of a sudden you go, whoa, what am I doing? Man, we need to get back in the fellowship. Get back in the fellowship, and then you, hey, kids, why don't you, we're going to church, you come, why don't you come? What? Wasn't important for you, what are you talking? Stay out of my life. But those are the kind of things that happen, and we've got to be careful, because the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion. But see, we have a faithful love that endures forever from a God that will never leave us and never forsake us. And the second thing I want to share with you tonight is this, he loves us to death. He loved us 
to literal Jesus Christ's death. That's how much God loves us. God was willing to be humiliated on our behalf through Jesus Christ. Can you imagine the humiliation Jesus endured and the immense steadfast love that God has for us in Christ? That right there is a faithful love that endures forever, for all times, and there's just no words to, to demonstrate my personal thankfulness for all that God's done for me. I hope that leads you to the same type of feeling. How could we not want to serve him? How could we not want to be a part of the kingdom work that God has blessed us with taking part in? It's so hard for me to watch back uh, in many of the old shows and how central and how important the things of the Lord were in so many of those old movies. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Even think about Andy Griffith. In Andy Griffith, there's church stuff, there's Christian stuff related. You look at um, uh, uh, the Little House in the Prairie and how central church worship, you know, Reverend Alden, and, you know, it's all of these things you see in that, and you see these old movies, you're like, this was a central, now I'm not talking about John Wayne stuff, because the, the only thing I saw the other day in a patient's room was somebody was robbing the Reverend the $720 his circuit preacher had on him where they were collecting for a new church building. And, uh, but, you know, in many of those movies, though, there was such a central focus on worship. If nothing else, religion. Whatever the real focus of it, that's not mine here to judge. I'm just talking about it was such a pervasive thing in our nation's history. Bible, Youth for Christ. I don't know if you guys know about Youth for Christ Fellowship. Um, Oh, YFC, yeah, Youth for Christ, then you had, um, there was so many other, there were tons of them. All of these things, young men, young women, um, oh, I'm sitting here thinking about them, and fellow Christian athletes, the, um, there was, there's all these Christian clubs, though, that were so foundational and paramount. You know, when, when I grew up, when I was young, hey, you prayed. You did the Pledge of Allegiance, and you prayed in class in the mornings before you started class. We prayed for tests. I don't think they probably do that anymore, do they? So different, though, because what's happened is when the faithful love of God is forgotten, everything that matters is excused from the equation because we have nothing without God. We have no family without God. We have no possessions tonight without God. We have no success in anything tonight without God. You don't have your health tonight without God. Without God tonight, we have no future. We have no hope. We have no security. We have no safety. Most importantly tonight, we have no salvation. And I cannot imagine tonight there was... I read a report about somebody who made some bad decisions in the last two years. They had gone somewhere in a car and they did something really dumb and they had a friend of theirs with them. They'd gone to a golf tournament. They'd been uh, drinking and they were driving home and long story short, they had an accident and a tree fell on the side where the driver was on and his friend was able to get out at the other side but couldn't get him out. And he had to hear his friend burn to death alive and die. 
completely conscious. And it was really horrifying as I read that. I don't know anything about the person, don't know anything about the situation, don't know anything about the person, don't even know the person's name. But as I thought about that, I thought, I can't even imagine the horror of that. I, I honestly cannot. I cannot begin to fathom being trapped in a car and burning alive like that. But I most importantly could not imagine if you were not a follower of Christ and didn't have the hope that we have as believers. Can you imagine? Imagine having no idea what comes next. Or maybe having heard about it but not believing it and then recognizing that you're getting ready to find out true or not, what you'd heard. See, Jesus lo loved us so much. God of, of creation gave us his son, and he loved us to death. He bore our sin. He bore our shame. The humiliation that we deserve, Jesus Christ shouldered himself so that this night on our worst day, the greatest of failures and faults, fears, are shouldered and buried in the finished work of Christ. And that tonight is the title of the message, The Enduring Love of God. The Enduring Love. Listen to verse um, 24. It said, and so he, he remembered us in our humiliation. He rescued us from our foes. And then verse 26. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures forever. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. God rescues us from our foe. Death is no longer our foe. He prepares the table before us in the presence of our enemies. Our enemies are no longer in any way we have dominion. We have victory. Tonight, you've, you're battling temptation and losing the battle. You have the power of the Holy Spirit that indwells you. The enduring love of Christ demonstrated in the power of Christ that dwells within us. God has given us victory. God has given us what we need to live the abundant life as a believer. But are you utilizing the blessings that God has lavished, meaning he has poured out on us tonight. And then this is the third and final thing. Ready? The enduring love of all time. That's God. God is the enduring love of all time, for all time. God is the enduring love of everything. Tonight, are you resting in that enduring love, that faithful love that endures forever? God's desire is not for us to languish in apathy and indifference. God's desire is for us to be engaged and committed to the calling that God has in Christ for us. God has a plan prepared for us in advance. Are you living that plan tonight? Are you resting in that enduring love of Christ? Are you resting in the beauty of the truth that God is good? Are you thankful that you are loved by a God that loved you to death, death on a cross, crucified, dead, buried, third day rose from the grave, and tonight seated at the right hand of God, signifying the significance of the finished work of Christ? Are you resting in his faith, the grace, the mercy, 
and living a life of yielded obedience to the Lord because if you're not, then tonight you are wasting opportunities that you'll never get back. Are you resting, meditating? Are you focusing? Are you growing? Are you cultivating the desire to be in God's presence, to fellowship with him? Again, I can challenge you all day long with truth, week in and week out. You can sit and tell yourself every lie on the planet because I promise you, I can call every one of them out if you sit here and say, well, you know, Brother Jonathan, my this, my that, and I'll throw back one right after another because we can all make excuses for why we should or why we didn't and why we this, that, or the other. You know, well, it's their, you know, right, older uh, senior saints, it's the young people's chance. We can make all these excuses for why we're not doing what we should do. But my question to you tonight is, don't tell nobody about your excuse. I ask you, what are you going to tell God in his presence for why you're not actively involved in the body of Christ until the day that you breathe your dying breath? Because there's not an excuse. We have one retiree in scripture, and that's John. John was on Patmos. John had been boiled. They tried to kill him over and over and finally exiled him to Patmos where God had him write Revelation. He was the only disciple that we can see, the apostle that actually had some, I don't call that retirement if you ask me. All the rest of them worked faithfully, steadfast as a demonstration of a faithful commitment to the kingdom until they were killed, until they died. They never stopped. They did it until they were killed or they died. And you don't see many of them that died a natural death. Are you tonight running faithfully, consistently? When you find yourself apathetic or indifferent or unconcerned, do you find yourself flat on your face spiritually because you've train wrecked your day? What do you do? Get up. Remember the enduring love of God and his faithfulness. In the enduring love of Christ and his desire for us to be an integral part of the kingdom work, we are the hands and feet of Christ. But how can we carry out kingdom work when we're allowed to be paralyzed by the foolish things and the temporary things that have zero eternal value? I hope tonight you're meditating on the enduring love of God and the commitment that we owe God for what Jesus did for us. Let's pray. Father, thank you, God, tonight for this privilege, Lord, this privilege to hear your word, to have your word, and daily be able to go in your presence, Lord. And tonight, as your word's been proclaimed, Father, I pray, Lord, as we know in the promise of Scripture is that it will not return void. God, pierce our hearts, cut us to the core, lay bare any excuse we may have for not doing what we should do, Lord, let us commit tonight to being everything that you've created us to be. Let us be a demonstration of Christ's likeness in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ be lived out in the life that we live. Father, as we go out into our mission fields, Lord, give us boldness. Lord, give us wisdom well beyond our years and understanding. Father, let us, the words be placed, as your scripture says, in our mouths, Lord, when we testify the goodness of you, Father, and are put in places that we don't know what to say. Lord, we rest in you, trust and hope in you, Father, because you are everything. Lord, during this time of invitation, if there's one here watching online that does not know you as Lord and Savior, I pray tonight would be the night that not only recognize that they are lost and separated from you, that they would repent of their sin, place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and become a follower of Jesus tonight. Lord, be saved. We commit this to you, Father. We ask it all in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to Headed Home with Pastor John. If you'd like to know more about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, please visit our website at longviewbaptistchurch.org and click our contact link. Thank you for joining us.